All right. Well, we're starting a new series today, and I'm excited about this. I have had the sense that if we, you and I, open ourselves up to the work that God is doing in our lives, this is going to be a monumental season of growth individually. And I had this, you know, I don't use this word very often, but, but I have this sense that God's going to catapult our church forward. I love that sense because if we open up to how God is leading, guiding, and directing us, then God is going to do amazing things. So I just encourage you in the next five, six weeks or so to just do your best to open up, to hear, to be a willing vessel, to hear what God might be telling you to do or not to do. God's going to give each one of us direction. God's going to affirm some things in us and God's going to say, hey, mm, that's enough. So let's be open to how God is going to work, how God is going to move. I am all about doing what I call the inner work. And that means that we need to open up to the Holy Spirit's guidance so that when God says, hey, you've got some work to do in here, let's get rid of some of that baggage. Let's let go of some of the stuff that you've been carrying around. Or let's get on with it and let's do something. Let's be about that business in the next few weeks. Let's allow God to move in powerful ways. All we have to do, all God asks of us, is that we have a willing spirit, an open heart, and a willing spirit. Let's covenant to do that in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, so this is beyond belief. Now, believing in Jesus Christ is the starting point of our Christian journey. Once we make that decision to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we believe, we might participate in Bible studies, we might go to worship, we might put some money in the offering baskets, we might serve on a committee, we might join church to be an official member of this congregation. All of those things are really good things. But the mission of Christ followers or the work of the church goes far beyond those basic beliefs because we can choose to believe and it stays all in our head it's a head thing and it it we can keep it there so it has nothing to do with our heart and how we choose to live our lives but if we're going to be all in, as Lewis prayed over us this morning, then we've got to take our belief, our head stuff, and connect it with our heart and, and decide that we are going to give ourselves fully all of who we are and join Christ in his redeeming work in the world. So my question for you is this. Are you choosing to be a fan of Christ? That's where I would say, I believe in Christ. Yeah, I'm a fan. Go Jesus. Or are you going to choose to be a follower of Christ and do everything in body, mind, and soul to live a life following his example? The ways we do this are through caring, through serving, through telling, through giving, and through standing. So those are going to be our focus points for the next few weeks. 
We're going to start with caring, and I hope that I can give you just some very basic things that will energize you, that will get you thinking of how God is calling you, how God is calling me to relate to the people in our life. We've got to go deeper. So let's start with the scripture. We're going to start in James chapter 2. My brothers and sisters, what good is it if people say they have faith but do nothing to show it? Claiming to have faith can't save anyone, can it? That's the belief. Claiming to have faith can't save anyone, can it? Imagine a brother or sister who is naked and never has enough food to eat. What if one of you said, hey, go in peace, stay warm, have a nice meal? What good is it if you don't actually give them what their body needs? In the same way, faith is dead when it doesn't result in faithful activity. I got the holy two by four on that one, so I'm going to read it again. Faith is dead when it does not result in faithful activity. Someone might claim you have faith and I have action, but how can I see your faith apart from your actions? Instead, I'll show you my faith by putting it into faithful action. As the lifeless body is dead, so faith without actions is dead. Whew. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So let's flesh this out a little bit. I'll show you my faith by putting it into faithful actions. I want to give you three things to think about this week. Three things to think about. How you might, how God might be calling you, nudging you, pushing you to be a caring disciple of his. Here's the first thing. Do it, just don't say it. Long time ago, I've used this before, but it keeps popping up for me. There's a song called More Than Words. Actions speak so much louder than words. We can say to somebody, I love you. We can say to somebody, I really care about you, and that's good. But when we show them that we love them, when we show through our actions that we care for them, it makes a huge difference. So this is it. I want you this week to be thinking of opportunities, be mindful of ways that perhaps you might be able to do something unexpected for somebody and just let me say, it's deeper than a random act of kindness. It's, it comes from your heart because you're wanting to be Christ-like in your behavior. Does that make sense? So it is, it is this observation of others. And when you see somebody having a rough day, offer to do something. And yes, if it's unexpected, then you'll probably blow that person away somebody who's had a hard day or a week, sometimes it's like as simple as getting up from the table and saying, hey, do you need anything more to drink? Can I, can I get this for you? Can I go fill your car with gas for you today? Can I? Would you like? Let me do that for you. 
It's not always the big mind-altering, life-shattering things. In a lot of ways, I think it's in the small stuff that God is calling us to make a difference. What about sharing something with somebody? I know this is a weird example. I don't know why I came up with it, but it's like when there's one cookie left and you want it, give it to somebody else. <laughs> or when there's the last piece of bread. Now this, I, I ate at Longhorn the other day with my husband, David, and boy, I love the end piece, the crust. And so that really did come to me as I was praying over this sermon. You know, when you really want that last piece of bread, give it to somebody else. I mean, these are little things, but oh my gosh, the difference. What about sharing some of that clothing that you never, ever wear? Or, or a meal, or a hug, or a handshake? What about a card, or a word of encouragement? There again, do it. Do it. Don't just say it. Do it. Second thing I want you to, to remember this week is to appreciate the people in your life. Now, I want you to understand, I believe, that this begins at home. There's a psychologist named John Grayhole that says it this way. The people we hold clearest and dearest are often the ones we expend the least amount of effort in displays of caring. Ask God to open your eyes to see, to open your ears to hear what needs to be done. Be sensitive to the feelings of others. Observe and think about how others are feeling. Ask God to give you the discernment to watch, to feel, to feel deeply what's going on in the life of another person. Think about how your actions affect people. How would they react to what you might do or what you might not do? Push away self-centeredness. Push away your selfishness. Ask God to convict you through the power of the Holy Spirit when you get too self-focused. Ask God to, to help you set your sights outwardly. Ask God to soften your heart, to feel in a deeper way like you've never felt before. Pick your battles. We're all working hard in relationships, and we have to be mindful to work toward positive and healthy relationships. Pick your battles and hold each other accountable. I want to give Nick just a public shout-out. Last week, there was something that I was saying and doing that just wasn't, wasn't um, respectful of self. I wasn't claiming who I was, and I wasn't claiming my authority. I thank you so much for that, Nick, because that displayed Nick's care and his love for me. He flat out called me out on it, said, stop doing that. Get with the program, basically. That meant more to me than, oh, I'll just not look at him right now. <laughs> but do you hear the care in that? When we are watching out for others, when we are encouraging them, when we are uplifting them, when we are, are saying, hey, do this, you can do this, or, mm, wait a minute, think about this, I don't think this is in your best interest. That's what caring is all about. And we get, I believe, so wrapped up in our own lives, in our busyness, in our doing, 
that we forget about the basic way that God is calling us to be in relationship with one another. And thirdly, I just want to encourage you to stop, to look, and to listen. (laughs) We are so busy, and our society is run at a, a wild, wild pace. So would you slow down enough to notice other people? Be aware of others in your environment, when you're at work, when you're at home, when you're in that classroom, on the volleyball court, on the soccer field, when you're in the store, when you're, when you're in a restaurant. Take the time to notice others. Be aware of your environment. Notice and be alert. God just might be doing something, and if we open ourselves up to our awareness, we might just get to join God in doing something really cool. But most often, I am, and I think you are too, we're so caught up in our own stuff and getting to do, you know, to our next thing or our next appointment, picking up one of the children here, dropping off another child here, going here, doing this, that we, it's all about us. And we're so inward focused Know where you are and who and what are around you. Look at the body language of people around you. And more importantly than that, even listen to their voice. If they speak to you, you can hear. You can begin to discern what's going on deep down inside by the way they speak to you. I often get really miffed at a store clerk if he or she acts like, boy, she's having a bad day. And I get miffed when if I were really pausing and taking time, I would take time to look that person in the eye and to give them an encouraging word, to say something, to do something that Jesus would do. I mean, we've got to pause, to stop, to look and to listen Ask God to begin to reveal to you through a discerning process how others are feeling, what some of the needs are that are right around you. Open up to how God is putting people in your path so you can join God in his work. As disciples of Christ, that's a huge privilege for us. And I believe we take it for granted Let's not miss an opportunity this week and in the weeks to come. As I said, if we do this personally, if we start being uh, ultra aware, God's going to do amazing things. And we get to be a vessel through which his love and his caring compassion flows. Let's not miss an opportunity. If we do this as a body of Christ, I I mean catapult. We'll be moving in the direction that God wants us to move. We're not supposed to be a stagnant body. We're supposed to be moving, following God's direction, moving forward. Let me share a really cool story from the book of Exodus with you. I just love this. Let me find it here. Exodus 17 Hang with me. Moses and his men 
are out, well, boy, that was something. Moses and the Israelite people were, they had gone through the 40 years of the wilderness. They had made it through. Moses was following God's directions, how to lead the Israelite people. I'm going to start with the eighth verse. You'll, you'll get where I'm going. Amalek came and fought with Israel. Moses said to Joshua, choose some men for us and go fight with Amalek. Tomorrow, I'll stand on top of the hill with a shepherd's rod of God in my hands. So picture Moses. He'll be like this, all right? You, you I think, can remember some of the stories of how God used that rod of Moses to, to do incredible things, to do in, incredible miracles. I'll stand on the top of the hill with the shepherd's rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did, as Moses told him. He fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hands, Israel would start winning the battle. Whenever Moses lowered his hands, Amalek would start winning. But Moses' hands grew tired. So they took a stone and put it under Moses so he could sit down on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on each side of him, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his army with a sword. Now why do I bring up that kind of odd and random story from the Old Testament? This is so applicable to our day today. Because every one of us is in the midst of some kind of battle. Every one of us is like Moses. And we're holding up our rod of God, and, and the hands like this signify truly that it is total dependence upon the Lord. The rock, I firmly believe that that's a foreshadowing to Jesus Christ, the rock, our Redeemer, the cornerstone. This story is reminding us that when we are in challenges, when we are in the battles of life, that we, we sit upon the rock of Jesus Christ. We claim who we are in Jesus Christ. We, we proclaim our all in, our full and total, utter, complete dependence on God. Zane, Nick, come on up here. You be Aaron and her, would you please? You need to be watching for the Moseses around you. Because Moses is here, and he, she is doing her best, but it isn't long until she gets tired. There are many Moseses out there today. And God is calling each one of us to be an Aaron or a her. Because we can't do this on our own. Do you get it? That's what caring is all about. Thank you, guys. That's the good news. That's what we're supposed to be about. Look for the Moseses. Look for those who are struggling. Look for those who need you to help them. If you are Moses, ask Somebody, remember last week, I, I, 
I made it pretty clear. You got to tell people what you need and you need to ask for help. You need to be honest and vulnerable enough to say, I'm, I'm falling here. I can't do this on my own. You've got to do this. You've got to help. You've got to either be an Aaron and a her, or you've got to fess up that right now you're Moses and you can't do it. But the bottom line, this is what it means to be a body of Christ, the body of Christ. This is what it means to be a disciple. In the next few weeks, I'm going to do my best to be all in. I want to live my life beyond belief. I don't want it to stay here in my head. I want to live my life in such a way that I can join God in his work in this world. And I pray that you will make that same choice. You got a, a commitment card today. And this is strictly between you and God. But no matter, you know, kids, youth, adults, I want every one of you to have one. And this, sometime this afternoon, spend some reflection time and allow God to guide and direct you as to how he is leading you to open up to his caring love this week. How is God directing you to be a disciple who cares this week? Write it down. And then put it somewhere where you will be reminded of it over and over throughout the day. I would say in your Bible, but then you have to open your Bible over and over, okay? So put it somewhere. Carry it with you. And let this be a reminder to you of how God is calling us to live our lives. And I tell you what, I, I know from experience that when I can get away from myself, then I, I am fulfilled I experience the joy of Jesus Christ. Make a commitment and then keep this for the rest of the, the few weeks coming up so we can add to it. And as I said, I firmly believe that God's going to move us forward. In five or six weeks when we look over our personal card, we will be able to give God thanks and praise for the ways in which he has allowed us to to learn and grow and to mature in him. So don't leave without one of these today. I pray that God will just do amazing things in us in the coming weeks.